Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now welcome to super movie brothers let's start the show this is a podcast on the pod fix network Check out more shows like it at oddfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 171. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Hey, Jay. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head to the sides and I'm angry. All right, man, what'd you get down to doing this week, man? Did you do anything fun? Anything interesting? Did you do anything for charity? You philanthropic Phil, you? Yes. All right, man, what'd you get down to doing this week? We did my annual MS City to Shore bike ride event. I did it with 12 other people, family and friends, and it is you know near and dear to my heart. My Aunt Carol had MS and passed away, uh, I believe, in her mid-50s. I can't remember exactly her age, but I saw it for a majority of my teenage years of how this just deteriorates people, and it's really sad and unfortunate. So um, it's the second largest bike event in the country, so it's a, it's a big deal. It's a real big deal. There's about eight nine thousand riders um from cherry hill new, new jersey all the way down to ocean city new jersey and it was a gorgeous weekend beautiful had a lot of fun yeah it was um it was again once again literally a pain in the ass <laughs> 80 miles on a bike it's only the second time i was on the bike all year long so i was hurting and um it was a good time it was a good time next day we went to the beach it was another gorgeous day so um a lot of fun great weekend for me uh, i did have some experience with bikes this week uh me and lauren have been kind of going out and we've been getting a little bit more active so while we were on uh, on the road yesterday we were out walking the dogs and stuff i saw a bunch of kids on bikes and i just grabbed lauren and i was like watch out hon bikers <laughs> Because a biker gang, <laughs> and those kids did—they hassled us, man. They hassled us. Kids have no respect. Wow. Like, there's nothing worse than being a thirty, a thirty-three-year-old man and fearing the eight-year-old riding past you. And he's like, and he's like, and he stares you down, and you're just like, just let him go past. He's on a bike. There's nothing you can do about it, Dave. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you know, I feel like I've been seeing that a lot lately. The last few years, I love it because it's. I feel like my youth is now coming back in style again. <laughs> like no, biker ass, gangs and shit like that. Groups kids. of kids, asshole kids on the road. Like, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> now, uh, I used to be that kid. Uh, and we, we've we started a not, – it's it's not a diet. I don't want to say it's like a diet or anything. It's not like a lifestyle change or anything like that. Uh, sort of. <laughs> we've, we've chosen to 
to try to eat more plant-based meals throughout the week. So, right. uh, instead of eating four meals where, you know, protein is the main thing uh, where, you know, a big hunk, hunk of meat is the big thing we are going to do. We are going to do three meals a week that are entirely, uh, vegan, entirely plant-based meals. And so far, uh, I'm only two meals in. But I liked them, uh, so so I liked them. We had we had vegan chicken and dumplings with, and I say chicken, and I, I throw up the little rabbit ears <laughs> because there was no chicken in those dumplings. But it was fucking delicious, I'll say that. Uh, and then today we had pesto grilled cheese with vegan cheese and uh, romaine tomatoes mm. and stuff in there. It was delicious. It was it was it was honestly really good. So I was like, okay, I can do this, man. I can do this. I haven't been like crazy hungry or anything. So just there been- there are a lot of good recipes out there. It's just that you know it takes time. We're using so we are using a a food service because we're doing purple carrot. Uh, that that's the one we're. That's the one we're using. So that one, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. You know, I don't, I don't know what the price is because Lauren handles all the pricing and stuff like that. But that's, that's our journey that, that me and Lauren have decided to take because, uh, uh, listening to our good friends over at this So I Married a Movie Geek podcast, Justin, um, you know, he, he, he was talking about going sugar free and stuff like that. And then I listened to his show this week and, or, or, or last week and he was talking about a documentary called Fed Up. Which is all about added sugar in your in your meals and stuff like that, and it got me thinking. And I was like, and you know sodium what? too, yeah. And I was like, this is all stuff that like I don't need. Now the nice part is most of this stuff I don't have in my diet anyway. Like I don't drink sodas, I don't eat a lot of snacks and junk food and stuff like that. Cutting that stuff out wasn't a problem, but upping the amount of fresh fruits and vegetables that's that's the tough part because that's now I have to like plan ahead about like what I'm going to eat during the day, and I almost never do that. So. That's it, it, it does take a little bit of prep and time and planning, yeah. and, and it's not that hard. Honestly, maybe a day, but other than that, if you do meal preps, it's pretty convenient in the long term. It's going to be an adjustment for sure. The, and, and of course, the big thing is that I am pooping a whole lot more, and not, and not like not like hot snakes or anything. Well, like, these are not bad. Poops. You're, in, you're, <laughs> you're introducing a whole shitload of fiber. I know, yeah, into your diet. And so my, that's understandable. My body's just like purge, buddy, purge. My asshole is chapped. I got to tell you. <laughs> And then, Those moist wipes are a lifesaver. Yeah, yeah I get I, I get them from my Dollar Shave Club. I get the moist wipes. So, uh, and then uh, this week I also was in a parade. Jay, I was in a parade. I I, I went to my daughter my daughter's uh, grade school. God damn it! Was Super Movie Bros honored and <laughs> you did not invite me? The, uh, so my daughter was in a parade for their 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 school district's homecoming, and it was a very small parade. But she needed someone to walk with, and she graciously chose me. Uh, but she wouldn't let me do my Queen Elizabeth wave like <laughs> she, she kept telling me to stop doing it i was like whatever so it was a good time so i mean uh that's what we did this week let's get into what are you watching what are you watching what are we watching he's trying to watch some illegal channel always watching no 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 go past this past this part in fact never play this again all right, Jay. So, uh, what are you watching, man? I didn't get down to watching a whole bunch this week. Me and Lauren were gonna finish Unbelievable. We we got we got past episode three, which you know, if you remember last episode, I did episodes one and two. Uh, this time, I got into episode three, but I found out that Shameless season nine had come to Netflix. Me and Lauren had watched Shameless all through seasons, you know, one through eight, and we 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 got rid of Showtime to save a little bit of money because that that was we I did too a couple years ago. We weren't watching a whole lot. 
lot on there. So we just decided since it all comes to Netflix anyway, we'll just wait for it. So yeah, Shameless Shameless was out. So we watched the entire the entire season nine all the way through. Again, just like all these shows that I've been talking about that are like in their in their seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth seasons and stuff. It's amazing that they are able to pull yeah. this off still. It, is it still a good show? Yeah, it's still a good show. Is William H. Macy still fantastic? Is Frank Gallagher? Yeah, he's still fantastic. Is it a little melodramatic? Completely. Is it unbelievable? Absolutely. It's not the type of show that you're going to pick up now in season 10. You got to go back and watch the whole thing. You got to take the whole journey with the Gallagher clan. Yes. And uh, you got to indoctrinate yourself from the beginning to the end. I, I would only say, like, if you're going to pick up this series now on Netflix, don't do a deep dive binge and start with season one and go all the way up to season eight because you'll hate the show by the end. Watch a season, take a break, watch something else, come back, watch I another agree. season. I so, think that's a good idea. Yeah, so that other than that, man, that, that's really it. I've been, I watched Karate Kid because we next week we have our movie cocktail as did i and we are doing karate kids so quite the delight it, it yeah it, it is so um, we're not going to talk about it much now because obviously we're going to be talking about it next week uh but i did already come up with the cocktail and you got to sample it tonight man so it's going to be something completely different some some type of cocktail that we've never done before it is uh a cocktail that is i believe when i when i measured it out it was less than 80 calories i want to say so it's super very low healthy calories. very light very yeah. japanese inspired yeah um yeah so tune in and you'll find out exactly what dave whipped up for us yeah so jay what did you get down to watching this week well i did finish unbelievable and i did respect the show and how they were able to stay true to the true story of it and not Hollywoodize the the tropes of dramatizing certain things or so wait, making. Things. We didn't talk about this before. This is based on a true story. Yes. Ah, I was not aware of that. Yes. Okay. So, and that's how it unfolds. And it's one of those things where, like, you think it's going to be one thing, like this big reveal or big twist, and it doesn't really happen. It just sort of unfolds orga- organically, and the detectives find that this was a serial rapist after all and then he was in a different state and he you know it's just how the legal system works and how sometimes detectives can fail spoilers dude i told you i was on episode three (laughs) well it's really not a spoiler i don't think and and i'm not really spoiling anything but you know tony collette and um moret weaver was weaver was fantastic i really liked their chemistry as to detectives you know these females have very strong opinionated viewpoints and ways they go about doing their job very differently yeah but two they come grizzled together vets and do, they do who, a great job two grizzled like uh detective vets who happen to have vaginas like that's yes that's that's what that's what that's the way they read them and I, Kate, I enjoyed yes it. and caitlin dever you know she's she's a, a young actress and she's a gem in this uh this role a very complex role i do have some issues with it sometimes i do but at the same time i could be wrong being a male you know she is a troubled youth individual she you know she does not have any family really she grew up in foster homes and she's she has some serious trauma and some serious issues with her even leading up to this uh this incident so with that being said i think it's 100 percent worth the watch so go please seek it out and then other than that dave besides our um movie cocktail the Karate Kid and our movies that we will be we will be uh, talking about later on at Astra and uh, well you will um, Rambo yeah, I, I did saw. not see Rambo I saw at Astra ah, we'll talk about Rambo yeah we'll talk about Rambo yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get into that 
<laughs> a beautiful mess that it is. <laughs> well, I know that you do not like that little show called Between Two Ferns. Uh, no, I was hosted never. Hosted by Zach Galifianakis. Galifianakis. Zach Galifianakis. I still can't get it. Oh, my God. Today, Junior. <laughs> Zach Galifianakis. There Thank you go, Galifianakis. There you wow. go. You got it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've never liked the show. It was never anything that was intriguing to me. I've definitely watched a couple episodes, and I was just like, cool, awkward comedy for you know a, a, a long time. And then you're gonna stretch that out into 90 minutes. I was definitely not interested in it. But you watched it, so what did you think? They, this is genius. It, it really is. It's it's borderline like Napoleon Dynamite esque in some ways, you know, where it's very slow and dry. Um, it's it's definitely hits the nail on the head with, you know, exactly the tone of the show and then streamlined with him having a goal of trying to keep his show afloat and how it became about and how he wants to be a primetime host and his you know his 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 uh ambitions and they have a slew of celebrity cameos and they all nail it i think they really did a good job with all the cameos and um you know they had a good fun time with it and at the, the very end there you see a nice little gag reel during the end credits um of them breaking all the time which is a lot of fun so it's good fun it's a short little watch it's nothing long it's only an hour and 22 minutes and it goes by pretty quickly if you like the show you'll definitely love the movie 100 percent. if you do not like the show like dave does you will definitely not like this movie so fair enough um Check out an episode if you haven't seen it before. And if you like it, you'll enjoy this movie. If you don't, don't watch it. Truer words have never been said, Crusader. Let's head over and let's get into some news. Jay, we got some movie news to go through. Uh, this is going to be a short little news segment. Nothing nothing too crazy. The Earth hasn't caught on fire. Warner Brothers hasn't been bought by Disney or anything like that. But first up, Indiana Jones has rehired. Am I right? He, he was... He was... Yeah. He, he was... He was hired to write the script. They didn't like his script, and now they brought him back. David Cope, uh, who, uh, if you are interested in David Cope or in in uh, screenwriting or anything like that, you can check out the Podfix Network show, Filmmakers Podcast, because they just did an interview with David Cope on their latest episode. So head over to the Filmmakers Podcast and check that out, because they interviewed him. But this gives me a little bit of pause, because isn't this the guy that wrote Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Jay? It is. It's that guy. I mean, he does not. And he's done some trash, but he's done some great things too. Yeah, and I wonder, like you, you know, you and I were talking like pre-roll and stuff like that about like what makes David Cope, uh, you know, still still part of of the Hollywood machine. Like, why does he keep getting hired, especially by like these big studios and stuff? And I think it's because he delivers what's what's being asked. I think that I think that's what it is. He he delivers what's being asked, and he works with the studio, and he works well with studio people. And I, I you know, and he's delivered a lot of classics. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, when he first started. It off like the 2017 mummy with uh tom cruise he wrote that not that one but oh, he wrote in hello 1993's jurassic park he did write that right and he's you know? also been writing for for the critically acclaimed tv show jack ryan shadow recruit with uh the ever lovely and handsome chris pine well it makes <laughs> sense he did the original uh right. mission impossible 
Right. So, I mean, the, the, the dude has some writing credits that are to his credit. Like the, these, they're great movies. He wrote the 2002 Spider-Man for Christ's sakes. Like he, he's, he's, he's got so many good movies under his belt, but he also has so much trash under his belt that it's, it's tough to really like filter through it all. And, <laughs> and just, you know, figure out like what you're going to get with him. Cause I, like Indiana Jones five, it has to pop. Like it, it, has, it has to be good. It has to feel like the original Indiana jones films it has to you know it has to point it out for its for its own flaws as well like you know indiana jones is going to be 80 some fucking years old and it's so it, it can't ignore that stuff but kingdom of the crystal skull feels like such a far removal of what those original three films were that it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see to see how they move forward with this i still to this day cannot believe that they're still moving forward with an indiana jones 5 every time i hear news about it i just keep it's not that it like rapes my childhood or steps on it or anything like that i just don't want it i just don't think it needs to be made it so, doesn't it, it really doesn't it's so, just a cash grab so everything that indiana jones you know is still it's in the zeitgeist for a lot of generations i don't know if they're trying to tap into the new audience and try and continue it in some way i mean there is things that you can do with it but they have to find a way to do this without Harrison Ford. Look, at least going forward. Look, look, look. Um, or at least for the majority of this I, movie, uh, too. I made them kill off Han Solo because I didn't want to do it anymore. And, uh, now we're going to be uh, doing another Indiana Jones. And uh, while I love that character, I just, um, I just think it's time for uh, him to hang up the hat. Per se, and um, I need to buy another plane. I'm gonna uh, look. I'm gonna I'm gonna go fly, but I'm gonna drink a fifth of vodka before I do. <laughs> so all you on the uh, L.A. freeways, just uh, look out, because uh, here comes Harry. <laughs> I've said it before. He is going to die in an airplane. And oh my God. I love Harrison Ford. He is my number one action star. He's one of my number one actors. I love the dude in, in films and stuff like that because get off my plane. But I kind of hope he crashes that plane before this movie gets made so I don't have to endure it and no one else does either. <laughs> Next news story. So speaking of David Cope and his writing of Jurassic Park, I'm just using that as a cheap segue to get to this next news story. We just found out that the original trilogy of characters from Jurassic Park 1, Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, and Laura Dern are all going to return for Jurassic World 3. Which has me extremely excited because, A, I mean, we love those characters. I mean, we got Jeff Goldblum as Ian Malcolm in the last Jurassic Park, but it was such a throwaway cameo that it really meant nothing. Um, you know, getting Dr. Alan Grant and Ellie Sadler back makes me think that maybe they might have a larger role and maybe they might have a little bit more to do with the film. I hope so. I hope they're not all just three throwaway cameos that we don't need, but... Uh, the fact that all three are willing to come back, I wonder, you know, says something because Laura Dern has. Oh, has, it definitely does to me. And Sam Neill both have previously turned down opportunities to come back to the series. And also because they dropped this short, the short film, right? 
I do think that I, they have confidence with this script. Right. We talked Whoever about- wrote this movie, I don't know what it is. They have a, a, a very, a lot of confidence going forward with We talked about it. We talked movie. about it at Battle of Big Rock. They, it's the same Battle screen, the, the same screenwriter yes. who wrote Pacific Rim and who wrote then Pacific also, Rim Uprising. And, and, and then also uh, the, the short film as well, but also is co-writing this one with Colin. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the fact that these guys all signed on for it has me extremely excited. I, I, I mean, especially Laura, Laura Dern. I mean, yeah. Jeff Goldblum, I mean, he'll do whatever kind of, but, but like definitely Laura, Laura Dern is, she's picky. She's picky. She's picky. And so is Sam Neill. Sam, an and you're right. You're right. You're right. So like, yeah. I, I, like that I'm excited because both of them are coming back. Cause I feel like, yeah, I, I, I do think you're right. I think like Jeff Goldblum, not for like a paycheck. He just likes to have fun. Exactly. He's I, just, he's, not, I'm not putting him down yeah. saying that, but no, he just likes know. to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> but having both of these two others come back, Sam Neill and Laura Dern, makes makes me interested in it. But also, like I l- like the timing of it. It's just God. Right after Battle of Big Rock came out I last week, they I, announced I'm this, Jones and, and I'm just like, man, Universal, you're just like. <laughs> You're just like you. You really want to make sure people are 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 in their butts day one Look, for this film. You're really pushing it hard. They're because, tickling us because again, you only have two franchises to stand on. You got the Jurassic World, Jurassic Park franchise to stand on because your movie monster movie fran- your your movie monster franchise failed, and then you got the Fast and Furious films. Like that's all you got right now, Universal. So you're selling it hard, and I'm fucking buying it. Like I'm fucking buying it. I am it's, too. Like like snake oil salesman in the 1800s. Like it's gonna cure whatever. Algae, and I'm like, yeah, it just might because yeah. I was very sour on the Fallen Kingdom, but I, like everything they're setting up for this one, I was just like, bring me home, boys, bring me home, like because I want this to be the best one of this trilogy, like I really do. Because I agree, because like we're like 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 we talked about, I I hope for the best for all films. I want. I, I want a film like this to And there's succeed. so much potential, right? Don't you think so? Like, I, I think there's a lot of potential where they can do something really interesting with it. They just have to... I like where they left the, the end of Fallen Kingdom. I like the story elements that that could add to this. So I'm intrigued by that alone. Even though I didn't like the way it was delivered to me, even though I didn't like Fallen sure, Kingdom, sure, sure. I like I like the idea that they went with. You know, at Battle of Big Rock, there's a few things that like I don't get. Like, how does like two to three dozen animals that are being auctioned in in a basement of some rich guy wind up populating the entire United States and the and United Kingdom and stuff like that? Logistical questions that I have. However, you know, I'm willing to let that go if they're going to tell me an interesting story, and I really hope that they do. And I'm really hoping that this is going to be something that knocks my socks off, man. And I worry that, like, because Universal is pumping me up this this soon, that I'm going to be really let down when I don't get what I want. But this is part of what we do, and it's part of the fun of movies and what we do and talk about. It's it's the buildup, it's the excitement. But you they're know? also in uncharted territory, right? Because we've never gotten a good Jurassic Park three. <laughs> We've never gotten a good Jurassic Park three. That is true. We didn't as get well. a good Jurassic. We, we, we're hoping we get a good Jurassic World three. And they're on a downward spiral right now yeah. so far with the franchise. So they need to kind of do a little uptick. And right now it's working. Also, I would I would go on a limb and I would say that if the, if the third film is as well received or ill well received as Fallen Kingdom was, they let the franchise go away for a for a little oh. while. 
for sure. Yeah, so for sure. So I, th- it has me excited that all three of these characters are going to be coming back. I, I'm curious about the roles, and I really hope that there is a story element that is a reason for them to come back, not just that, hey, they're here, here's their cameo, and they're done. I want them to have some sort of role and interact with our main characters in Mm -hmm. some meaningful way. Next news story. So it looks like Warner Brothers and Matt Reeves is eyeing Jonah Hill for a quote-unquote secret role in The Batman. And uh, for me... I think it's secret for now. Right. I look at Jonah Hill and I go, all right, well, there's there's a couple Batman villains you fit. It'd be funny if you were playing Bane. <laughs> I think there's two. I mean, I think there's two options. I think the obvious one, like you said before, you thought maybe the Penguin. I said the Penguin or, the, Ven- or the Ventriloquist. I'm thinking the Riddler, maybe. Uh, it's possible. It I'm thinking be the possibly Riddler, too. So I, I just want to see him as Bane, though, where he's just like, I'm off the diet. Can you tell? <laughs> It's not easy sticking to a regiment such as such as I was before, Batman. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> these are two different universes. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> uh, no, but I think the Riddler is a distinct possibility. I think that that's a possibility. But I, I was looking, and I think a, as a comic book guy, I go like, all right, who does Jonah Hill look like that's in the comics? And it, and it always comes down to... to He's he's got a he's got a few extra lbs like myself, and it's like so so. Who are well, you ripe to play, the penguin or or possibly the ventriloquist? And yet he yo-yos more than Christian Bale. Yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, the ventriloquist is someone they haven't done before in in the Batman. That's series. true. So that's true. I think that 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 would be kind of interesting to bring him in. Next news story. Further, the Batman casting news. You, uh, you, you, you shared this little ditty with me. Uh, th- now, this isn't a, this isn't a rumor. This isn't they're eyeing someone for something. This flat out, they announced that this person will be playing this role. So, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. So, Watu the Watcher. He's going to be playing Watu the Watcher in a Disney Plus show. What if? Uh, I think it's just going to be a voice in that though, because that's going to be an animated series. But he is going to be playing Commissioner Gordon now. Is this interesting to you, or is I think it's a great fit. I, I, I right. mean, it's interesting because I do like him as an actor. Love him um, as an actor. Only I, reason that quite I quite a bit actually. Only reason that I made it through Westworld season one. And that's a great example. Westworld. You can even. I'm mm, to be honest, I don't love him in the Bond series as like the the U.S. version spy of like a James Bond or something like that. I yes. don't know. It, 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 he's blah to me in that that role. But mostly every other role he does, he really brings a lot of something to it. I'll tell you a lot of something. That's why I like to say a lot of something to his roles and i think as commissioner gordon i think he's going to bring a lot of gravitas to it and i think he's going to be great i think so too the yeah. only thing that matters is if that you respected him as an actor i just imagine right That's now it mattered like if you are if you are jk simmons you were like what the, you're, this happens and you're like what the fuck <laughs> you know Stop my fucking tempo <laughs> Which I understand because, you know, motherfucker got buff. No, well, he was already buff. That's just his. Uh, th- yeah. that, that was a big rumor that he was getting buff for that role and stuff like that. It's actually not true. Uh, he he's actually is the type of guy who just takes care of himself that way. You've seen Whiplash when he snaps his fingers and he and he like and he and he closes his fist and his and his bicep flex. That dude has like fucking old man muscles. Like I could go it. gay for that role. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
But I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you're him, you're just like, well, at least J. Jonah Jameson came knocking <laughs> for, for, for J.K. Simmons. So, yeah, no, I understand. And, and you know, this is the way the biz goes. But I think it's exciting. I well, think yeah. so far they have. If you want to distance I, yourself from what came previously, you're not going to you're not going to keep J.K. Simmons in the role. Right. 100%. Right. No, no, I understand. But um, I, I like I like what they're going with as far as the chemistry and, and, and the actors that they're choosing. And so far with these roles and, and Matt Reeves, uh, Batman saga coming up. So look, I'm I'm still optimistic. I don't know about you. What do you think? I I I, I say I'm hopeful. I want this to be a good movie. And you're just still in that same lane, hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. okay. I'm hopeful about like every movie, just about. You I understand. know, like I, I want it pretty to much be good. until the first teaser drops. Right. I want this to be successful, but I've obviously been wrong before because uh, you know, by all reports, like I was not excited for the Joker. All the marketing made me think like I'm gonna fucking hate this movie, and now everyone's like, no, Dave, you have to like it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. It's good, apparently. And, and just like you know, Nick but and we'll, I we'll from you know Epic Film guys, we were really excited for Live by Night. And boy, were we displeased <laughs> by that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful for this movie. I really want this movie to do well. Of course, Batman is one of my favorite characters. Of course, I want it to be a good movie. You know, I don't go in there thinking that, but I'm just, I'm just still unsure. I'm trepidatious about it. It's like, I haven't seen anything. I don't know what's going on. It's a film that has gone through two different directors, has been put on the back burner two separate times, has had multiple people cast in roles, and then all that stuff's been dropped it's been part of a universe not part of a universe and it's still languishing somewhere in there because we're not sure whether this is going to be a dceu movie whether this is going to be part of a dceu moving forward or whether this is going to be part of their black series like they're doing with the joker where it's it's dc black label so right i don't i don't think it's a hundred well I know Joker confirmed that it's not going to be a it's sequel. No, they're, um, they, they're considering that like a black label series, like the comic books and stuff sure. like that, where it's more adult themed. I'm not pretty sure that this else. is falling under the possible sequel train. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Where they want to. I mean, now this is obviously complete rumor and just my thought process. Sure. This is why Wonder Woman 1984 has been so delayed. That film has been filmed for a long time. There were leaked footage of that film almost a year and a half ago at this point. With, really? Yeah. With her versus tigress uh in a mall uh and tigress being played by Kristen wig i believe it was so like like well, what makes you think it's delayed i think it's del- why i think it's because delayed because they are going to be reconfiguring the way their universe is fitting together and they're gonna have to find a way to make wonder woman both part of the old universe and part of this universe because they're not done with gal gadot and that was a successful film and the same thing with aquaman as well i i i i really do think that they they because you can't continue with those characters with those with those actors playing them in that same universe when you're going to say everything else is kind of now in a new universe and moving forward in a new universe. Same thing with Suicide Squad. The the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because putting the in front of it emphasizes. Of course. Uh, uh, I, I think the same thing where it's kind of like it's it's halfway a sequel, halfway a reboot. They're they're kind of they're kind of straddling their legs and going both sides. They have Birds of Prey with 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 Harley Quinn and. Margot Robbie still in the role, so they're kind of like in this in between where they're like the old universe still exists, but we're we're readying ourselves to strike it down any chance that we get, and that's why I think Wonder Woman 1984 has been so delayed. And that's a very good possibility. I just I'm waiting to hear news from that. Yeah, I I, I mean that's a good theory. I'm just not 100 percent behind that. Nah, you don't have to be, Jack. No one ever accused you of being a visionary. Next news story. <laughs> get away then. <laughs> 
That was good. All right. Uh, I love getting my digs in. Jay, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell are going to come together right now over me. And they are... And they are going to be doing a musical reimagining of A Christmas Story. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Now, the last Will Ferrell outing sucked, right? Like the, the Sherlock Holmes movie that was fucking terrible. No one wanted to see that shit. And let's be honest. Ryan Reynolds is not trustworthy. <laughs> well, I mean, he's he's trusted to be funny. You know, He's trusted to be himself. Lauren was showing me a video that this week, I believe- More extended versions of himself. Lauren showed me a video. I believe Hugh Jackman was in Canada this week. So Ryan Reynolds showed up in the Deadpool costume, went to Hugh Jackman's room. And then while Hugh Jackman was recording a happy birthday video for somebody- Ryan Reynolds sat in the background as Deadpool, heckling him. <laughs> I need to watch this. Right, so is this so, out there? Yeah. Is, uh, so like, I oh was sitting there thinking, I was like, did Ryan Reynolds like in the whole thing where it's like Fox didn't give a shit anymore, but Disney hadn't taken over yet? Was he just like, I'm going to take as many Deadpool costumes as I can from the set and just bring them all home? Because he just shows up in places as Deadpool doing Deadpool. I've got no problems with Hugh. I mean, he's a delightful guy. He really is. True legend. But the movie, that was a career low for me. You understand. Anywho, why am I here? Yeah, that's kind of funny. <laughs> he also was a producer on those movies, so he has a lot of clout. He can just do whatever the fuck he wants, really. Yeah. I mean, the only thing... I just know, like, for example, Johnny Depp did that a lot with uh, Captain Jack, with, you know, visits at the hospitals and stuff on location. But And I'm sure he does that as well in the Deadpool costume. But that, but, but Showing up that, as that's an R-rated funny. character at a children's hospital yeah. where kids are dying from cancer as a character who survived cancer? You know, what's he going to do? He's going to walk up there and be like, hey, kid, I made He's it. Why done can't it. you? He's done it. <laughs> It's pretty fucked up. <laughs> the parents would love it. I'm sure. They'd be cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> that just it just feels super insensitive to me. Like uh, a kid's dying of cancer and you show up as a character who survived cancer through magical means and mutant abilities. Maybe he can only rely on Make-A-Wish <laughs> Foundation then. Fair Certain enough. kids who have seen Deadpool and are allowed to see Deadpool can go see him Fair and enough. get visits. So anyway, this is going to be like the 10th, the 20th, or 1,000th time that uh, A Christmas Carol has been done. My favorite personal one is A Muppet Christmas Carol. I love that one. Uh, that's my favorite one. It's my go-to Christmas one. I love it. It's got Michael Caine in it. <laughs> so that that's the one I go to. But maybe this will this will replace that come the holiday season. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Was uh, Jason in that, in that movie? Excuse me a sec. What are you babbling about? Oh, Jason Siegel? No, no. The, 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 this was made in like the mid '90s. I'm up at Christmas Carol. Oh, no, yeah. Jason Siegel was still. He, I mean, he was alive. But Every time I hear he Muppets, I think of Jason Siegel. Yeah, well, that's because he willed it back into existence to make that movie a couple of years back. So that's true. Next news story. Final news story for this week. It's in the books. You know, two movies came out this week: Ad Astra and Rambo: Last Blood. <laughs> But a movie came out last week that still beat both of them. <laughs> Downtown, Lo and behold, yeah, Downtown Abbey, the movie. Oh my God, has beat both of the of the top competitors for for number one movie of this week by a lot. By a lot, like no one has gone out there to see Ad Astra, which I understand. Terrible marketing for that movie. That movie was not pushed at all on television. Uh, a couple online ads and stuff like that, but it was not a big push for it. Uh, but Rambo: Last Blood, I. 
feel like everyone's just like, we knew what we were going to get. And oh, we're, uh, absolutely. It's a, it has a very specific audience, and, and that's no it. no one wants to pay for it. No. <laughs> but downtown, Nor do you have to. But Downtown Abbey, man, uh, you found out some statistics about Downtown Abbey, about the, the yes. who's seeing this Please movie. do not quote me. Um, I could be a shade off or two on the numbers. 60% who went to the movie were women. And then... 74, I think it was 74 or 76% of them were over the age of 35. So obviously. Makes sense to me. This is the a demographic. demographic is still strong out there. Is there nudity in that show? I haven't seen the show. I I've don't ne- think so. I've never watched the show, man. I know it's on BBC, uh, BBC America here. I've but, never watched it, but, but I hear great things. But you things. know what it is? It, 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 it's, sort of in, it's sort of engineered in like the soap opera world, where obviously it is program towards older women and you know it's high society it's very english and very you know upper crusty kind of stuff dramatized things and crusty just like the audience that went to go see it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and you know but people i i know people that love it you know, mothers and daughters watch it. Grandmothers watch it. Like it, this, it's like a. It's hey, like don't a make show. it out to be. I know. I know a lot of men who watch this show too. Oh, so I don't. It's not. It's not just a mother daughter thing. I know some men that watch the show and are, are, are pretty into it. So the only people I've ever heard about watching it was my ex girlfriend and, and her mother. Hey, man, happy, <laughs> that was it. Happy Hogan in Iron Man Three was into it. <laughs> So that's going to do it for our news segment. Me and Jay got a couple beers to review. But before we do that, we got to get ourselves into a trailer park. Thomas Iannucci, drop that beat. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Just when you thought the news was over, we got more news for you. So this news is actually coming to you after Jay has already left. So it's just me doing this news story solo. But while uh, streaming through the internets earlier on today, we did find out that Disney and Sony have now come to an agreement and Spider-Man will stay in the MCU for a limited time only. So there are some stipulations to this. It was decided by both Sony and Disney Disney that the MCU deal for Spider-Man will continue only for one additional solo Spider-Man movie and one appearance in an MCU film. Now, how is that all going to work out? Now, obviously, uh, I have a little bit of like conspiracy theorist in me going like, you fuckers have just been bullshitting us the whole time. Uh, But with nothing really to promote here, I don't exactly know what they would have gained by this publicity stunt of, of saying they couldn't come to agreement. So I honestly think that there was a time where they couldn't come to an agreement. However, looking back at not only the fan backlash for it, but looking back at the way Spider-Man Far From Home ended and kind of how they were setting Peter up in the MCU, it was clear that the MCU had more stories to tell with Peter, and it's clear that Sony was going to go in a direction where they really couldn't avoid 
having the MCU as part of it. So it seems like this solo film and one additional Marvel film, MCU film, will be used as a way to kind of bookend the the MCU saga of Spider-Man, we'll call it. And uh, it, so it, people are rejoicing. You know, people are going to be happy about this. And I myself am quite happy about this um, because I think it's just going to make for a, a cleaner, neater story overall. So it's just going to wind up having better filmmaking involved with it in the end meaning we will enjoy the films more that we get in the end so i'm kind of happy for it but what's more fun to think about now is how is the mcu going to spend their one spidey token because that's the way i see it they got one spidey token they got to use it in a way that's going to be both meaningful and and something that will deliver much love fan service because it's really good to be i do think the last time that the mcu gets to touch the Spider-Man property. So that brings us to our question of the week. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? It just raises too many questions. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. The answer to the ultimate question of life the universe and everything. So our question of the week, we reached out to people on Twitter and we asked, Sony and Disney are going to let Spider-Man come out and play with his friends in the MCU. This play date extends to one more solo movie and one cameo in an MCU film. So what we wanted to know from everybody was how should the MCU spend their last Spidey token? Justin over at So I Married a Movie Geek podcast, he said, just give me Craven the Hunter for God's sakes. And I can't agree with you more, Justin, as for, we've gotten a lot of Spidey villains over the years. We've gotten the Lizard. We've gotten Dr. Octopus. We've gotten Green Goblin. We've gotten some great villains, but they haven't delved into the great villain that is Craven. I would love a Craven this is the last hunt. I absolutely love that storyline uh, in the comic books. And I just love the idea of this of this human who can match Spider-Man on so many different levels. Uh, and I, I even think that the perfect actor exists to play Craven. And I really think that even though he's still Aquaman over in the DC verse, I still think that Jason Momoa would make a fantastic Craven the Hunter. Movie reviews in 20 Q's podcast. They said the good, the bad, the ugly. The good being Spider-Man, the bad being Wolverine, and the ugly being Deadpool. I like this idea because I like the idea of of Spider-Man interacting with these two Marvel juggernauts. You know, people people really gravitated towards these characters over the years, and I think that that putting Spider-Man the like he is the number one Marvel character, right? Like even though the MCU doesn't have film rights to him solely, he is the number one Marvel comic book character. And then runners up would be Wolverine. And then, you know, obviously Deadpool, huge fan favorite. So I, I would like to see some sort of team up like that. I would love to see him with Deadpool or with Wolverine. J.R. Lamar on Twitter said Spider-Man slash Deadpool movie. And I think that would be a lot of fun when these characters get together. It's it's your fun, quippy Spider-Man mixed in with, you know, your absolutely batshit insane fourth wall breaking Deadpool. Don't make me come down there, you punk. 
Zip it, Stanley! And there even is a pretty good uh, cartoon of it. I think it's the Ultimate Spider-Man that was on Disney XD, where they actually do have Deadpool and Spider-Man team up. Last film scene, he said, Doctor Strange 2 to set up the multiverse. And I, I, I really like that because if... Doctor Strange 2 is setting up some sort of multiverse thing with Marvel. There's no reason why Sony couldn't piggyback off of that and having Spider-Man in the multiverse of madness being his vehicle into bringing Miles Morales over into the Sony live action films. Also, uh, there we know that Venom does not exist in the MCU, so the multiverse of madness could also bring about Venom it, it over, and and that could be the vehicle that brings that brings Venom into our world. He also said Fantastic Four, assuming that that film is going to be in modern day. I think that film would 100% be in modern day. And that also fits the Spider-Man character because Spider-Man multiple, multiple times throughout the comic books has always has, has stepped in and subbed when, when they were down a, a member of the Fantastic Four. Most of the time, Johnny Storm. And then he goes on to say Young Avengers or Avengers 5, depending on what they have planned. Uh, I don't really like Spider-Man going into the Young Avengers too much. He feels like too much of a, of a big name player to really go playing in the sandbox with all the little kitties. However, obviously having him come back for Avengers 5, that would be a big deal. I don't foresee them putting Spider-Man in any of the announced Phase 4 movies, only because those films are already being scripted. They would have to go back and write him into the film. I would prefer it if they kind of saved it and they put it later on in the MCU run. And then finally, Deus Ex Macchiato. He says, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, just let it die already. I am sick of Sony and Disney slapboxing over Spider-Man and us just gobbling it up like it matters. They're trying to troll us. They are manipulating us. And mm, while well, I, I do agree with some of those sentiments, uh, I do think that that we gobble up news. Let's face it, I, I we do a podcast here at Super Movie Bros. So this type of content generates our content. So yeah, I am gobbling it up. And, and, and that's fine. I've gobbled worse things in my life, believe me. So however you slice it, we are going to get more Spider-Man in the MCU. And I, for one, can't wait for it. I really can't wait for what they're going to do with Spider-Man in his solo film, which should be coming out in 2021. I probably think that the cameo for Spider-Man will come sometime after that in, in the MCU films, but we'll just have to wait and see. I'm sure that there are going to be a ton more news and announcements about this. All right, so I've taken up too much of your time. Me and Jay got to still get into that trailer park. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but it's a new wave. We've been on since Trish God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. Welcome back to Trailer Park. Me and Jay got two trailers that we want to discuss with you. I'm going to let Jay take the reins on the first one, which is Uncut Gems from A24, starring Adam Sandler. You're taking my money all over town, placing bets. I'm having very serious second thoughts. Are you serious right now? I know I fucked up. Howard, where's the money right now? Howard, got my money? Howard! Howard. Is it too late? I'm done. That means nothing. It meant nothing. Please. Give me another shot. You like to win, right? This is no different than that. Black Joe, power, nigga. 
This is my fucking way. You think I'm stupid, Howard? You and your whole fucking family. I heard you resurface your fucking swimming pool. You know how that makes me feel. Never resurface you think your life is more anything. I don't life. know who said that. I told you about how things were going to go. You like the way things are going now? That's my family. Get the kids out of the house. You having a good time? Yes. All right, Jay. Uncut gems. Uh, man, what's this? What's this movie about? What's this, going on here? This is the third feature film from the Safdie brothers. They have also previously done the 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 Good Time film that was starred by Robert Pattinson. Very very good movie. We still need to get Dave to watch it. No, we don't. Everybody in Twitter. Hit him up. No, Tom, it's great. Yeah, no, I really, I could care less. In fact, the second you said Safety Brothers, I was like, never heard of them. <laughs> and you're like, oh, but they directed Good Time. You haven't seen Good Time yet? And I was like, no. No, 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 I have not. Exactly. Have, have I seen a boring indie snooze fest? No, this I have not. This is not an indie boring snooze fest movie. I encourage, this is fucking edge of your seat thriller indie shit. I encourage everybody to watch this trailer because it's painfully obvious that Adam Sandler has stolen a role from John Totoro. <laughs> Like it's a hundred percent clear that 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 he was made. You're not wrong movie. on that. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong on that. I'll, I will say that the entire trailer looks like he's doing a John Turturro impression the entire time. I I I can't argue with you on that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. You know what? Uncut gems. Uh, the the only thing that 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 is cut in this movie is uh is Adam Sandler because isn't he playing a Jewish man? Yes, he's Cir- playing a Jewish man. So we know that he's circumcised. He is a. <laughs> He is a, a kind of a, a, a degenerate jeweler in the Diamond District in New York and is set in this kind of, you know, this modern era of just wheeling and dealing. He's so just for, a So for everyone who says there's compulsive no, gambler. There's no new type of characters in Hollywood. A degenerate Jewish jeweler. Right. Haven't seen that on film before. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm being serious. Well, and he's but he's also a high end one. He deals a lot to the rich and famous. Uh, Kevin Garnett, right? He plays makes a prominent feature in he this makes movie. A, uh, he makes a, a diamond studded Furby for a rapper to wear, <laughs> and the eyes actually move. So you know, good on him, man. He's uh, I, look at that. But he's also a compulsive gambler with sports betting. It, it seems like, and also uh, some mob tangles and 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 just other kind of things throughout the city. And he's getting into some some heat and he's down to the wire and he gets into some shenanigans and it looks like it's a very heavily um dramatic edge of your seat kind of character study film within a very tight time space i think so it's going to be really exciting to watch uh yeah i hope so i mean i i'm look uh 824 we know that they have their deal with amazon prime so I don't need to go to the theaters to see this. I just have to wait three months and it'll be on Amazon Prime, just like all other A24 movies. And I'll happily watch them then when they're free. Okay, that's fine. But you still need to watch Good Time. Is that on Amazon Prime? I think it is, yeah. Okay, as long as it's free. It is. I'll watch it. You said it's got Robert Pattinson in it, right? Yes. Ah, great. (laughs) Now I get to see him both smolder and swoon as well as just be the most depressing figure on screen. This he, is this dude. I'm telling you, man. This is a great movie. Every time I see Robert Pattinson in something, I'm just like, oh, great. I I don't know why, but I got to spend two hours feeling bad for him because it, he just looks look, like the type of guy. It, it's it's free on Amazon Prime, so please go watch it. He's young. He's good looking. I shouldn't feel bad for him, but something about his face just goes, oh my god. I feel I, he needs well, a hug. It's unique. <laughs> 
that's what you need. He has strong features. He does. He does. He has. He's he's got the jawline and the head of of a WWE See, wrestler, but he's got the body of of uh, of a. Meth to me, head. it's like the eyebrows. Like he's got those like thick eyebrows. I don't know. Some I don't know. He's unique looking. All right. <laughs> I'll so say that. Let's get into our next trailer. The next trailer excited me a little bit more. It got a little bit more twinge in my pants. Well, so, I understand why. Right, because it's something that you and I uh, honestly bonded over. This is uh, kind of like, I remember Absolutely. One, of the, one of the first nights we hung out was we found out both of us enjoyed Breaking Bad. And uh, you came over to my parents' house mm. and we watched it in, uh, in in my old man cave oh, up there in my parents' house. Oh, boy, memories. Yeah. And uh, I remember... Uh, it was like the first time me and you ever really hung out other than like bar and drinking with like friends and stuff like that. And Luca stole your whiskey. He he knocked the whiskey glass out of your hand. Yeah. And yeah, he, he totally fucking alpha mailed you. Yeah. Uh, but this, uh, th- the movie is El Camino, obviously. Uh, Netflix original series, a Breaking Bad movie that's going to be coming directly to Netflix. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. There was a teaser trailer, but we didn't do a trailer park for it because it was Two honestly. Two teasers, actually. Because it was honestly like just just a very brief teasers with not a whole lot to it. This is giving us a little bit more meat. So let's let's break down the trailer for El Camino. You ready? Yeah. man El Camino man this trailer starts off with uh, one of Jesse's meth head friends answering the door Skinny Pete right that was his name in the show I believe so yeah, yeah Skinny Pete yep. answers the door and there is this grizzled haggard looking Jesse Pinkman at the door he's got long hair he's got a beard he's got fresh scars all over him all so over. you know that Jesse Pinkman has been through some shit since Breaking Bad ended uh, they show like a shower like the shower scene with him where he, he, he rests his gun in the shower Hour, so yes. he's obviously dealing with some sort of trauma and he Lots doesn't want to i think yeah a lot of ptsd and trauma i mean and, and i think we're definitely going to have to revisit some parts of this show just to get a refresher a little bit at least towards the end of the series yeah catching you up on- just to get a little bit more of a feel of the Look, there's what YouTube, he's been through there's youtube video oh yeah out there. oh absolutely jesse pinkman's yeah. story so far type it in i oh, guarantee yeah. you that there someone has already done a video in anticipation for el camino uh so but when we last left him he was pretty much enslaved by the cartel making the meth and it was Walter who somewhat saved him just kind of like and, and let him go he didn't kill him even though they were at odds with each other and and, and he ran off and that that's what that's that's where the show ended Jesse Pinkman got into a car drove off as all the as all the sirens were heading towards where where Walter had just yeah ended him but, but, but he is a man on the run yeah the police are still conformed. They know he is not dead. He's still out there. Right. He's we, a wanted man. We get images of you know Jesse Pinkman wanted on on the TV screen and stuff like that. We know that he immediately shaves and cuts his hair. Yeah. And he's also joined identity. by his uh, old friend Badger again. Because Badger, so, Badger's my favorite character in the show. Yeah, Badger <laughs> and Skinny Pete, man. He's got his boys back. Um, but one of the great things about this is that it is written and directed solo by Vince Gilligan Vince himself. Gilligan? So that is one of the great promising things about this. It helps that the creator said, like, you know, I, I do want to tell a continuation story. And he waited almost eight years to do it. Is that about it? About eight years? 2012 it ended. Has it, God, has it been that long? Yeah, 2012, 2013, the show ended. I don't think it's been eight years, though. Not, not, No way. There's no way. Well, if it ended in 2012, we're 
coming up on 2020, Jay. It's been about seven or eight years. Yeah. <laughs> 2013. All right. So it ended in 2013. So it's been it, it it's it's been it's been about six to seven years since the show ended. But Vince Gilligan wants to come back. He's got a story to tell. He doesn't. He felt like he wasn't done with Jesse Pinkman. And I think as fans, uh, you know, of the show. I'm, I, this is a story that I'm I think curious. is warranted. Yeah, yeah I'm I think curious it's warranted. about Jesse. I'm curious sure. what happened to him. You know, uh, and and I, I like I like that they're not you know shying away from everything that happened in Breaking Bad, but that they are moving him into a new direction. I think you were right when we watched this trailer. You said like this is going to be a story of redemption, and I think that that's a hundred percent what this is going to be. Yeah, I, I definitely got a lot of. Not just the PTSD and trauma aspect of it all, but the inner conflict of the past and then moving forward and redemption. So this is going to be released day and date, October 11th in select theaters and, of course, on Netflix. If it's on Netflix the same night, I'm not going to the theaters to see this. <laughs> I'll be honest. Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean... I doubt it will be in our local theater, but if it is, I will try to. I mean, I I, I choose. I I rather go to the theater and, and see movies if I can. Um, so I choose to do that. But if it's not, then I have no. This is not a, a movie theater worthy movie per se. No, I mean, but I try to support the theaters. I really do. You're sitting. You're sitting in a room with an 80 inch screen with an HD projector right there. Where do you want to have a date, David? Is well, that what you're saying? Uh, if I mean to, just to rekindle our first date, maybe, maybe as long as we hold hands and we go waffle because that's more okay. romantic. But as, <laughs> I'll make sure Luca does not spill my whiskey this yeah. time. But we also have to watch 2001 in here, buddy. We do. I can't wait for that. Yeah. So uh, look, I am excited for El Camino. I, I'm definitely day and date. I'm going to watch it the day it comes out. I don't know if Lauren's going to watch it because me and you oversold Breaking <laughs> Bad to her. So when she watched Classic. it, she just got like, she was like, it's okay. You know what? <laughs> It's, it's good, but it's not great. Yeah. It's not the best show I've ever seen. But if you took the journey through all, what was it, seven years? I think there were seven seasons total. Technically, it was eight years because they took breaks. They, they broke the last season up into like the, the first half and the second half was almost like eight, nine, ten months later. So, yeah. And again, Better Call Saul. They did a fantastic job with that series. It's fantastic. Still so. have not watched it. Still have not watched um, episode one of it. I, I'll just say this. like I, I did actually give up on it so, a little bit, but it had nothing to do with the quality. So for me, Better Call Saul came out at a time where I wasn't ready to go back to a Breaking Bad world. I wasn't ready to go back to any of the characters there. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't ready for it. I didn't want it. I felt like I was good with what I got. And now that it's been some time, I I, I might go back to Better Call Saul because Saul Goodman There's pretty was pretty much only of- two characters, but it's the exact same tone as breaking bad okay so that's the one of the things i like if you want to revisit that tone go for it look i i i like aaron paul so i also want this to do well for him because he's made some, i know we both some, yeah we love him man he's, he's made great. some poor choices i know need for speed <laughs> i mean I, I don't blame him though because like i get that like you have spielberg producing need for speed the director was like a stunt coordinator, so he wanted to do everything practical. And then you find out that Michael Keaton's going to be in it, and you're right. like, yeah, "That's I'm on board. exciting stuff." But poor guy, it's just ho hum. We know? also we're also going to get him in 2020 and season three. But you of do get Westworld, to see Rami so. Malek ass. Okay. Wow. So in case you really want to see Freddie Mercury, sign me up. Naked. I guess I don't sort know. Of. 
I mean, I'm just saying. He's a very skinny man. Yeah. There's not much of an ass there, Jay. You're not you're you're you're, you're not twinging the pants at all. I'm not I'm not pitching up wood. Right it's now. a funny scene, I must say. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for our trailer part, Jay. Let's head over and let's get into some of our beers. To the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you, but before we do that, gotta drop a line to our sponsor, Blowfish. Blowfish is the only FDA-approved hangover cure. Two tablets that you drop into 8 to 12 ounces of water, drink that down, and your hangover starts to feel better immediately. So, if you went on a massively long bike ride for charity and are just a little bit over the hill and you got the aches and pains before it was all done and you had to drink a metric fuck ton just to cure all those old man aches and oh, creaks, yes. then the next morning, you're going to want to reach for some blowfish so head to fourhangovers.com use the promo code smbfish and get your 15 percent off i'm cured praise god you're not cured yet boy all right jay you have a beer that you're gonna be reviewing for us man what beer do you have this one's very special to your heart i feel yeah it's a new belgium special release it's called oak spear and it's a bourbon barrel ale, and it's a collaboration with Knob Creek. And it is 9% alcohol by volume, and it is actually a, a better one because, you know, these are hit or miss for me a lot of times. And a lot of times they're high alcohol content. A lot of them has too much flavor going on. It always depends. But this one has a nice, smooth marriage of a lot of different kind of uh, toffee notes, vanilla, a little bit caramel. Um, not too much of the whiskey, though. I was, ex- I was expecting a little bit more, especially with Knob Creek, because they are, you know, a hunter proof. But overall, this is a very nice little beer. And I'm, I'm giving it a... a uh, four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah, I like this. All right, it's I like good. the I, I like the way that you said that that it's like uh that that it's a marriage because you know Jay marriage is like a circle. Marriage is like a circle. <laughs> All right, and I am drinking the Boulevard Mosaic IPA. What this is from their research and development department, man. So uh, this is the first release of the year for 2019. So this is probably fairly old, being as it says, enjoy by. 41819. So yeah, 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 we're getting to this one when it's fresh. But I, honestly, it hasn't done much to dull the flavor. Uh it's 6.5% alcohol by volume, 50 IBUs. And you know what? It's quite delicious, man. I actually really, really enjoy this. I uh I I, I thought I wasn't gonna enjoy it so much because a lot of times when they do like their research and development stuff, like it always turns out to be a little bit too much of something, a little bit too out there. But this one I really, really quite enjoy. It's nice and floral up front. It is incredibly well balanced in the middle. Uh, it doesn't finish off too dry. It's kind of it's kind of juicy on the back end, man. And that's mm. that's from that mosaic hop, man. I, I really enjoy this. I would be giving this a four point two five out of five, Jay. So very nice. going a little bit higher than you today. So Jay, you and I got out to the theaters. You know, even though we talked about in news how Downtown Abbey was setting the world on fire this weekend, neither you or I went to go see that. So instead, we went. Well, because we're now in menopause. We, well, <laughs> <laughs> We've never seen a single episode of the show. And I understand it's amazing. I know people are, you know, it's it's like the high society Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so instead, you and I went out to the theaters and we both saw Ad Astra and I saw Rambo. So those are the reviews that we got coming up for you. Rambo. 
One film leaves. These are the two films that were both number two and three at the box office this week because we did not see Downtown Abbey because you and I have no reference for the source material. But uh, we're going to be reviewing Ad Astra, which is Latin for to the stars. And I am going to be doing a solo review of Rambo Last Blood. So let's get into Rambo Last Blood and let's get it over quick. I had a family that I never thought I'd have. Uncle John! Until they took her. I gotta get her home. You must really want this girl. I'm gonna hurt you real bad. Yes. Here's my very brief synopsis for Rambo Last Blood. John Rambo is a 72-year-old retired Vietnam War veteran who has done his fair share of killing, but now, as a surrogate father, he runs afoul of a Mexican cartel and must become the wall that Trump always promised he'd build. And that's the way I feel about this movie. Like, Mexico is this... Is this wasteland of just dark horror that like if you are to cross the border my god you are taking your life into your hands now, you know, needless to say that there's the hundreds and, and thousands of of americans who cross the border every year go to these go, go to mexico have a fantastic time see a donkey show or two come back no worse for the wear although they may never look at a donkey the same way ever i again. guess we know who funded this film yeah and who they voted for <laughs> <laughs> right. that, that's exactly what it feels like i feel like i was watching this and i was watching like you know antiquated american ideals being portrayed by an antiquated guy who just doesn't understand the political climate of today rambo it what it is it's it's hyper violence it is a it's short it's 90 minutes man it's 90 minutes of hyper violence now the trailer made you feel like these men were like you're going to be spending a good amount of time of rambo at his house and stuff like that taking these guys on and that sounds like a pretty fun ride right like like rambo maybe runs afoul of these guys kind in the of, first yeah. act and we spend yeah. the second and third act taking these guys all on at rambo's house yeah, I you, think, you think like initially like oh he's the victim he's trying to protect right. himself i might have liked that mo- that movie jay but the movie i got spent the first two acts with rambo going down to mexico and and causing havoc and 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 just you know destroying people's faces with a hammer like it it, it definitely gives you enough blood and gore to satiate any type of bloodlust and then in the last 20 minutes he does his his 72 year old kevin McAllister type home alone shit to all these guys to a bloody affair and the entire time he's doing it he's not spouting one-liners but he's he's it just feels like stallone is just spouting these these nice sentimental things that you think you'd want the character to say but it just doesn't feel right now it, it, it doesn't feel right to the character not the character that i enjoyed in the first film in rambo first blood and definitely you know it it feels very much like a man who is just out of touch with what the world has become at 72 years old Mm. and 
you know that's the way i that, that's the way i felt while watching it it honestly it made me cringe a little bit while watching it now is the blood great yeah dude the fucking gore is awesome is the action fun action is fun it's it's there but the story that they're trying to tell it, it just doesn't fit they never developed their their villains much past just being just you hearing mexican cartel and you go oh oh Oh, Mexican cartel! Shout out to my little friend. Like, yeah. You know, so you end up coming across with the, all the action sequences feeling empty. Exactly. Exactly. Now it's supposed to be very personal because he's going after these people for revenge. But the entire point of Rambo was that he was a man who was made into a killing machine throughout the Vietnam War and just wanted to escape that. And then even at the end of the last Rambo that came out in the mid two thousands, where he returned from from Burma and Myanmar, and he he returns to his father's ranch and stuff, he was ready to hang up that that life of of killing and stuff like that. Only to the second something goes bad in his life the first thing he does is like well you know i'm gonna have to kill them all (laughs) you know what i mean Uh, yeah no no one of them's gonna live (laughs) and that like that's that's the movie i got i got i I got you know completely backwards political political statements put into a film that had zero character development and didn't even care enough about their main character to help them grow at all or explain their their position any further than they all gotta die because they did something wrong to me all right give us a grade d plus it was bad dude it was fucking bad it was pretty bad. yeah i I mean i'm not f level if they if they didn't give me if they didn't satiate my my fucking caligula level of bloodlust then you know my 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 my, obviously that's catering towards my commodus uh you know joaquin phoenix commodus bloodlust that i have but even still that only goes so far it really does it really does and And hence the d plus because like i'm really tired of these stories of like a of 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 a old man or like a, you know a strong fighter or something standing up for 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 a weak woman and stuff like it's very antiquated man like at no point in this film was there was there anything new that was brought to this franchise so i felt like there was no reason for this film to be made and with a completely weak script awful dialogue and zero character development for its villains and its hero and it just wound up being a reason to to watch some gore for 90 minutes 89 minutes short short film so that's it for for rambo first blood man don't see it just and 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 usually i say like don't go to the theaters to see it and stuff like that just don't see it just don't there's no reason so no we don't we, we don't need this propaganda we do not support this film no just just let sly stallone know that like it's time to hang it up keep doing your little paintings and you know writing your poetry and all that other stuff that you do and and maybe give us expendables for because at least those i can say there's some fun to be had there i think he's done i don't i don't, I don't know why he i think he just needs to make peace with hollywood go out and his sunset, enjoy his life, enjoy his family. Just, just go. You know, maybe him, maybe him, and he doesn't need to do anything. Him anymore. and Arnold should just sit on a beach together, smoking cigars they every day. My God, that's what I would be doing. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, spend your days after at all this beach. time. Is that what it is? Is it just like the whole limelight, like the whole like mythology of like being in Hollywood and being in the zeitgeist? Still, is that what it is? Like they're still uh, craving that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what it is. Then the paycheck, but like, really, do they really need the money? Probably not. Like, I, I mean, they're still spending so much time in these movies, not just making them, 
but like developing them and then promoting them it's a lot of time it's tough they're old guys like really old guys i mean i know they look good and they're in shape and stuff like that but they have maybe 10 years left like good 10 years <laughs> you mean like, what? like healthy good 10 years they're in their 80s at that point nah. jay i'm just uh, saying you and i both got out and we saw ad astra yes we're gonna do our best to 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 try and and at least be more positive about the next film ad astra well i am more so than dave what can you tell us about the lima project the ship disappeared approximately 16 years into the mission and the commander was he was my father sir your father was experimenting with a highly classified material that could threaten our entire solar system all life could be destroyed we're counting on you to find out what's happening i love you i worry about you are you truly sure that you're ready to go on this voyage i'm ready all right, Jay, let me know if you agree with my synopsis here. Okay. <laughs> Ad Astra. Astronaut Roy McBride doesn't sweat danger. He doesn't sweat marriage, and he doesn't bat an eye when he finds out his father, who disappeared 16 years ago, is alive in the deepest reaches of space. Now Roy, fueled by his latent daddy issues, must traverse the stars to find his father, who may not be the man he seemed to be. Let's start this party with a bag! <laughs> I mean, obviously, this is kind of one of those things where they try to ground this film. I mean, it's it's certainly mismarketed. They did. The marketing has this hyped up to be a little bit more of a space thriller odyssey. No, they and it's not that They so definitely much. set this up as like, here's Interstellar with a few more action scenes added in. And I was like, all right, I'm on board. And I really went into this film wanting to have a, a good time, but I also wanted... It's weird. I, I worry that like I went into this movie where it's like, I want my mind fucking blown. And it's like, it's no. not your mind that's going to be blown, Dave. It's going to be your emotions. It's going to be your heart. We're attacking you at your daddy issues, it's, which I don't really have any. But It's, it's, it's that, but also the visuals. It's very visually uh, stunning, but also an interesting take on the potential of having us kind of have a bit of a society living on Mars. Right. No, I mean, so... The, the things, in the somewhat near future watching this film i realized that like first thing first things first i got annoyed and absolutely fucking hated the voiceover i hated the narration by brad pitt the entire time through the film i felt like the film was, i was hot and cold on it i the, the film was trying to tell me how i should feel about it and that bothers me because the film should speak for itself well let me just say this it's very terrence malick like so of his recent films there's a lot of calming voiceover of brad pitt talking about his feelings his thought process uh, thought process of things are going and first of all he is an astronaut and a la ryan gosling playing neil armstrong in first man that was 100 percent purposeful yeah it's it's the same thing and and it's just how astronauts are supposed to be as as, as, well, as very well accomplished astronauts they have to have a very low um you know heart rate and they have to be calm right. stoic well, intelligent they, figures Brad that Pitt are going to be Gary Gray, reliable gary gray the director both like they James want, 
Ja- yeah. I'm sorry, James Gray. They wanted. I'm thinking of uh, uh, Gary F. Gray, which is oh yes, yes, James, yes. Then James. Yeah, this Gray. is written and directed by James Gray. So uh, James Gray and Brad Pitt both wanted him to be the Neil Armstrong type. They they, they weren't aping. Uh, they weren't aping the performance of Ryan Gosling from First Man. Oh no, no, they no. were they were purposely yeah. trying to draw parallels between Roy and Roy's father, played by Tommy Lee Jones, to Neil Armstrong, and that was a purposeful thing. But it, but thing it also makes did. sense because, in my mind, that's how I would view a successful astronaut myself. Right. They they say in the film that like his heart rate has never gone been re- above eighty. Has has never been recorded above eighty. You know, obviously, the entire film is about setting that up and then breaking that rule where he's going to go right. over eighty for for reasons. Um, we we don't want to spoil it here, but here's the thing: when I when watching this movie, I was like, "This is a movie that has a message. It just doesn't have a story to deliver its message." True, and it goes on an odyssey, and the odyssey has an interesting path at times, but the path is extremely far fetched. And the way they accomplish those things sometimes First is off, extremely outlandish. He's, he's traveling the to the deepest reaches of our solar system in what looks like technology that we could conceivably come up with in the next hundred years. Mm-hmm. But he's doing it in a matter of they don't they never say how much time he's doing it in. No. But I was like, this would take years. Like he would return to Earth and everyone would be dead. Like everyone he knew would be dead. He wouldn't have to worry about him or his father facing any type of criminal charges because everyone that it, they knew it's, would it's be part dead. Part of my flack with the movie, yeah. There, the, a lot of my issues with it are. Um, or similar things with that, with the story structure of it all, and, also, and how the yeah. practicality of it all is. So, I while watching this, I was just like, I'm waiting for the next spectacle, right? Like, every, every, I'm waiting for the next feast for my eyes. You know, the battle on the moon, which I loved that little storyline aspect where it's like the moon has become a a tourist attraction, and it, it it's, uh, it's also suffering for lack of resources if you don't live in this Vegas esque city that exists on the moon. So there are pirates on the moon. <laughs> yeah. I liked that. I thought that, that was pretty cool. Really cool. There's people who rejected I mean, the, the, the the lunar society. Yeah, I mean, it looks. It, yeah, there's corporate signs all over the moon. You know, it's very like you know we inhabit the Wild it. West. They're treating it yeah. like Vegas, absolutely like the Wild West. I like that. I like that aspect of it. But we didn't spend too much time there. But Jay, I also want to point out real quick, and, and it this, is technically this is a mission movie. Shout out, shout out to my dad and to our top five of last week because two. Jay of the Space Cowboys were in this film. Donald Sutherland and Tommy Lee Jones. That's so, true. Space Cowboys reunite. Shut up. <laughs> uh, That's pretty cool. But uh, no, but I I mean really this film had a message and it's very clear that the message is you know father-son relationships um it, it's very clear that you know both the father and the son have rejected human contact rejected human emotion I, I i you know i don't want to get into how roy does it because because it really is a character study on his character moving through the film and his realizations at the end but his father has very much rejected society he has no interest in returning home he has a mission both of them are very mission oriented people this yes. is our mission nothing compromises this mission and neither one of them has ever stopped to to understand what was really going on around them until Roy hits a point where where he has to and he must continue his mission and it's put in front of him that 
maybe the mission is not everything. You know, we, we, and you know, James Gray in, in interviews has said like, it's not a movie that's about looking to the stars for answers. It's about looking within for your answers. Your answers come through, through you and your relationships that you with have with other human beings. Exactly. And, and being this, this type of person who must complete their mission alone, being a lone wolf that doesn't work. But I also saw it as a different type of relationship. I, I thought that it was no happy happenstance that Tommy Lee Jones appears in a scene standing above a character with his voice booming over uh, and it it seemed like very much a god image as if like God has 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 left us, and you know James James Gray says that people are looking to the stars for answers, while our scientists are looking to the stars for answers to fix to fix our planet, to fix our problems, to fix our Earth. There's also others who are looking to the stars and praying to something to to fix them, and that's not where the help comes from. The help comes from within, and it starts there. So all the problems that we have on Earth, whether it's our our, our political problems or it is our environmental problems. The, the the answers to them are not out there in space. They're here with us, and we have to look within ourselves to solve them. And and it also is an emotional thing where you have a personal problem. You can't look outward for it to be solved. You have to first start inward and then move out. And that's yeah. the journey that Roy has to go on throughout the entire film. So when I said it's a film with a message, I got the message. But fuck, you didn't give me a fucking story to go off of. I, th- I guess we can get into it a little bit more if we had some spoilers section going on. But Sure, um, let's do it, Jay. Uh, you love the visuals. I love the visuals. <laughs> do you, you want to get into the spoilers? Yeah, I'm going to do spoilers. Okay, I'm going to okay. fucking do it. Why not? It's my Why show. Not? I do whatever I want. It's our show. We, we want to do spoilers? We're going to do spoilers. We're okay. going to throw up a spoiler warning. <laughs> you, right. you talked me into it, Dave. Okay. What's your grade, Dave? <laughs> so my grade is a B. It's a B. Oh, well, I'm not that far off. I'm a B plus. Okay. It's uh, like, look, I'm a B. I, I enjoyed the message that I got. I, I didn't necessarily like the journey, and I definitely didn't like the third act. But there were things in here to really, really appreciate. I I, I really liked the journey and the visuals, but I did also did not like the third act. Yeah, like I, that was that was one of my bigger problems with it. I, I I I didn't like my main character, and I realized after watching it when I reflected back on it, I wasn't supposed to like Roy. Roy was not supposed to be. I was not supposed to resonate with him. I was not supposed to understand him. Him and I are not the same type of person, and that's that's not the type of story that they were trying to tell. I was not supposed to see a part of myself in him. True, but you're you're also going and exploring with him to try and find answers. No, I'm just a voyeur on his journey. That's all I am. I'm a right, voyeur on right, his journey. Right, right, right. Uh, and you know, in, in the end, while I feel like this was uh, honestly, this was a boring boring movie painfully boring i can see why a lot of people are watching this and going like ah it's not that good you know it's it's just not that good i and i and i also understand why people I disagree like, with that i also I mean, understand why people like you and some critics are watching this and going like this is a great film because it is great filmmaking but it's not a great film it's great filmmaking that's it i i can recognize while i'm watching this that this is fucking gorgeous and it has it has it has a message to deliver to me and message received and 
but you, the, and I guess you could say that's why it's in the B category, right? For but me. the story, the story was weak. The story was pretty weak, and true, it's a simple story. It very much was, but it, it was just delivered in such a fashion where I, I felt like a they could have truncated the storyline a little bit, but also b they did nothing to draw my excitement in. I was not enticed by this movie. By the time he he is at the end and completing his mission, I didn't care whether Roy completed his mission or not. Okay, well, we're gonna do a, 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 a brief-ish spoiler section. So, if you li- if you have already watched this movie, please join us. And if not, we will see you next week for movie cocktail, The Karate Kid. All right, Jay, let's get into spoilers. Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! Spoiler warning! All right, Jake, let's let's talk spoilers. Let's try to keep this brief because obviously you and I, even though we have very similar grades, we have very different opinions of this film. To some degree. To yeah. some degree. I, I mean, I, you, I think a lot of ways you do understand the whole message behind the film and all that, and I, I, I agree with that. I think for me, a lot of my... my my issues with it is some of the technicalities of it like the the actual literal science behind some of oh the my scenes God, no, and some no, of the things like that don't get me wrong really bothered me and I, I and it took me out of it we did an entire you know top five of realistic space movies and stuff like that last week i didn't want to get into like me being like well that can't happen in space like you can't pick a a fucking door off of a spaceship and dive through uranus's rings and like captain america shield your way all the way to to your other ship and do that with 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 pinpoint accuracy by doing that math in your head sure. of, and and you know, this and this it. movie as with as simple of a story as it is it did have a lot to go through to get to the end and it was only two hours so a lot of times it did feel rushed like you know when Jay, he's you know going when he first gets from the, mars you know when he gets to, to mars, neptune it's like it's the, you know you see a small little segment small little segment of him like losing his mind but you don't really see him losing his mind Jay, they just the, say that with the voiceover it's the 40 or 45 minute mark that they finally get that that they get to mars that's not even halfway through the movie at that point mm. So imagine how much more they had to tack on to him getting to 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 the end of his mission, to him finding his father. So it should be said that 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 it, it, the reason he's going on this mission is because his father may or may not be the man that he was. You know, the NASA has painted his father up to be this this, this great hero who went and, and journeyed the stars. Yeah, for the to economy. Find, yeah, to he, find alien life. It's better business to have him as being this hero exactly. instead of a monster. Right, but. It turns out that his father uh, had people had, had crew members commit a mutiny, so he murdered them all in their sleep yes. to continue his mission, which was to find life. And when his father didn't find life, he became he couldn't accept it. He, he couldn't accept that he failed in his mission to find life. But what he didn't realize was that finding that the, finding out that there is no life out there other than us is is just as much a mission accomplished as finding out that there is life it just means that earth is, and earth Which and humanity is more unique is, as subtle as that was i really loved that moment and i think it was a a nice touch because you don't see that usually it was it was it wasn't a big hyped up moment it was like wow what if that's all it really was. Like maybe that's that's an answer itself. Right. What if there's nothing? And else that out is there? success, right? And that's what um, Roy says in the movie. Where, look, Dad, you know, mission accomplished. Right. But you the, did what you were set out to do. Find out if there was or not, and there's not. But the so point, let's go home. But the point is, it doesn't matter whether no, there's life out not there in not. their minds, and not right. in that kind of complex. I mean, he's he's absolutely nuts, and he's spent his whole life 
to accomplish this goal to find life outside when you so i mean psychologically i mean you know better more than anybody probably you find out there is not you can't accept that no right. way i do agree with you when you said that like i didn't like getting a voiceover of of brad pitt losing his mind where he's talking about he, first off he's narrating very calmly about how he's losing his mind while i'm watching his character punch a wall yeah when all I needed to do was see his character punching the wall, and I understand it. Sure. I understand that his heart rate's the, above the, 80, 80 beats per minute that, at that point. Yeah, the voiceover worked more in the first half of the movie for me a little bit more. But um, oh, and let's just be honest. Like that, that, that opening sequence was phenomenal. That was really cool, really breathtaking, really edgy to see. Um, but why and, was there sound and in and space? And very interesting to see. I, well, why was there sound in space, you know, Jay? I'm not... I'm not that savvy with the technical terms and <laughs> reasonings behind it, dude, things like that. But it visually it was phenomenal. And it was actually interesting to see that they had that tower go through. You know, it starts on ground earth and goes through the atmosphere up into space. That was kind of interesting. Right. I actually you gave, never saw that before. I actually gave the the um the sound in that scene a pass because I was like, they're probably not actually in space because I believe space is begins at sixty two miles above the earth. And I, I felt like maybe they were just kind of in like the extreme upper stratosphere. So maybe there was enough perhaps, atmosphere. Perhaps. For- but there are plenty of questionable sciencey things. But the most scientific fact in this movie, it Jay, is that when baboons attack you, they go for the face. You'll never know the simple joys of a monkey knife fight. Frost, parry, stamp, 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 stamp. Oh, he ain't pretty no more. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I was not either. I was like, "Ooh, alien life! Is this gonna? Is this movie gonna turn into life? Am I gonna get something exciting? Am I yeah. gonna get like alien?" And then I was like, "Holy shit, that's a baboon!" And then you're like, "Oh shit, things on Earth can be just as scary as an alien out in space." True, because a baboon is oh, it worked. fucking ferocious that, and terrifying. That was scary. It was a good moment. Look, man, I I, I will never watch this movie again. Hundred no, no, this no. is not this, a movie. This is, comparing yeah. this to another movie that you and I watched earlier on this year, High Life. I I am gonna watch High Life again. Over oh, this. there's so many more interesting things in so my life more. i mean this is you know I, I in a lot of ways i respect what they try to do with this movie and it's just it's just a different kind Did of you? film you know this is one of those classic things where it's it's t- it's probably technically a, a mid-budget film and it they spent a lot of money into the visuals and you can see a lot of the parts where they did not put much money in mars was where they did not put a, a lot of hallways a lot, yeah. a lot of like you know the ship and stuff like that sometimes but all right make um, it red make it look industrial yeah, and throw a german shepherd they put all their money in the in the beginning the opening is sequence right, so <laughs> real quick before before we get out of here did you get any vibes of apocalypse now when you were watching this yeah so did i a bit being on the mission to find the man who has who who has who, who has failed in his mission and has gone you know rogue you know i was like Ooh, sure yeah very much so and that, that end conversation between him and tommy lee jones between roy and his father i really got vibes of apocalypse now when i was done I was absolutely like, where you can kind of like see both sides where it's like i'm not crazy it's everyone else abandoned the mission i didn't abandon the mission yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like oh, i like i yeah look it's one of those things where like you're gonna go with this or you're not right. it's and, interesting and there's things to complain about obviously it's interesting but- moments were just were too few and far between is what it comes down to it saved all of its grandiose and i did not hate my time watching this movie it was just one of those things where well but it definitely has its flaws but there were a lot of things in there that i did appreciate its visual storytelling was done all throughout the film you know the the, but it's it's grandiose character moments and storytelling was all saved for the third act but they didn't do the building blocks i felt enough 
to make me care about either two of these characters. That's fair. I understand that. Honestly, I'm going to forget this movie. It's not going to be anywhere near my top films of the year. It's it wouldn't make my top five from last week that we did. Like it wouldn't make my top five realistic space films or anything like that. It's not. It's not that. It's It'd not be one like an honorable mention. Not maybe. even. I mean, close. I don't know. It's, not it's even close. Jason, probably not. Space Cowboys was 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 better suited for my honorable <laughs> mention than this was. Fair enough. So that's going to do it for Super Movie Brothers tonight. If you would like to reach out to us on the social medias, you can find me on twitter at super movie pod you can find jay over at the facebooks uh he uh he runs our facebook over there it is super, super movie bros podcast and instagram super movie bros beer yeah he just puts up a bunch of beer pictures and occasionally comments on things that i put on my instagram which is smb dave it's not really for the show it's just kind of me but sometimes Shits i sing giggles yeah i just put things up from the show i'm not i'm not incredibly active so yeah follow me don't I mean, whatever look you're gonna do your thing i don't care but i am gonna beg you that if you are enjoying this show please for for the love of all that is good in the world and if you never want to see another rambo film leave us a five-star review because <laughs> somehow I found out that it works like a, a, like a like, like a petition. The more reviews you leave us, the less Rambo will be out there in the world. So head over to iTunes and leave us a five star review. It helps us grow. It helps us get found. If you're listening to us on another platform and they allow you to review shows, leave us a review, please. Uh, the the more feedback that is given, the more people can find us. The more we can grow. We're also part of a network. We are part of the Podfix Network. So head over to PodfixNetwork.com and you can check out all the great shows including So I Married a Movie Geek and the Filmmakers Podcast, which we both, which we talked about both on this episode uh, this week. Oh, yeah. You can also check out Thomas Iannucci on Spotify. Make sure you head over to Spotify. You check out his music, and if you enjoy it, drop him a few bucks, man. You know, he's a fantastic artist. We really enjoy his music, and we would love for you guys to support him. We also run a Patreon. You can find additional Super Movie Bros content at patreon.com slash Podcast. Currently up right now, we will have our Captain America top five Captain America moments with a Captain America cocktail exclusive to our Patreon listeners. So head over there if you want some of that additional content. I want to thank all of you guys for listening. Have a great night. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.